a big thing that I've learned uh, with mental health stuff is that um, sometimes people don't want to talk about it, but they want someone to just sit there with them. And a big, huge, amazing, like love language that I've realized I had is, is one of my friends will be like, do you want to talk about it? Or do you just want me to sit with you or like be with you? And I'm like, yeah, then I start crying. I'm like, oh. But like, I'm just like, all I want is silence, but I just want to know that someone's there with me and I'm not alone in that silence. Guys, welcome back to Not My Type. It's Jack and Malia here today. Malia, say hello. Yo, what up? <laughs> uh, this is our first episode where we are uh, recording internationally in different countries. Yeah. So I hope this is a new, unique experience for everyone. And we have a very special guest today. Her name is Marissa Mize. Marissa, say hello. Hello. How's it going? Ah, yay. Oh my gosh. Yay. So Marissa has a very interesting story today. And I watched her just sort of unfold on the internet out of nowhere. She's gonna tell you that story in a minute. Um, and I just thought her type was so evident um, in the way she displayed herself on the internet. It was fascinating the way she handled um, a story that's honestly really intriguing and also kind of sucks, but is also kind of exciting. So I'll just let Marissa jump into that. Marissa, can you tell us like why you're here today, how we found you um, and yeah, all of that. Tell us, Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I uh, accidentally went viral about a month ago on TikTok, <laughs> and it was because this guy in New York, I currently live in New York and Manhattan, and this guy was walking on the street, I didn't know who he was, and he posted this TikTok saying, hey, if your name is Marissa and you live in New York City, I just walked by your friends, they were talking, you know, mad crap about you, blah, 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 like, if this is you, and he gave some more details, he's like, please do at this video, you know? And so I just got sent that video, I mean, a collective of 50 to 100 times by different people uh, through DM texts. I mean, people from my elementary school that I haven't talked to in a million years. And, and uh, I just was like, okay, what is going on? So I watched the video. I, it happened. The details just added up too much to, to, for it not to be me. So I reached out. I made, a, I made a duet back is when you like kind of respond to somebody on TikTok. And it went completely viral. So did his video. And we have about a collective of, of like 30 plus million views now on, on TikTok. And that it just went crazy. crazy from there. Yeah. And um, I just kind of took that and ran with it. So that's where, where I'm at now. Oh my so gosh. Marissa started this really cool um, this really cool group called No More Lonely Friends. Marissa, can you talk about that? Like the reason you started it? Um, just like the, the reason you wanted to make that group and, and what it means to you. Yeah, so I when, I, when I first went viral, I had so many messages, you know, since, since the whole thing about me going viral was about having awful friends. And I was getting so many, so many messages saying like, hey, I, have, I had this happen to me too, or I don't have any friends or I'm very lonely or like, oh, we, we should be friends. Like you seem really cool or, or X, Y, Z. And, and so I was getting thousands of messages. I mean, within 24 hours plus, and I still get them to this day. And um, I had, you know, over 10,000 message requests and all these people were like, let's hang out, let's hang out. You know, I'm not from here. I'm from Kenya. I'm from France. I'm from whatever, or people were in New York city and they were like, I live in New York city. Let's be friends. And you know, I felt really bad because I obviously one person and I couldn't spread myself that thin, obviously into hanging out with everyone individually or whatever. So I was like, 
all these people are quote unquote lonely or sad or whatever and or have no friends or want more friends and why don't like everyone just meet each other and and make make new friends so i was like let's just do i don't know a picnic or something and so i ended up just choosing a place and a time and i was like whoever wants to show up shows up like and this is like a safe space for friends and i i made sure that everyone knew like anyone could show up like no matter who you were and you didn't have to be whatever like you you didn't even have to live in New York. I don't care. Like just, just show up. Right. And so I first held the the first picnic and it, and that went, video went uh, pretty well on, on TikTok and everything. I posted it and um, I made this Instagram page called no more lonely friends. And I just got that because obviously I don't want anyone to be lonely and we're coming out of this pandemic. And I was like, everyone hasn't had social interaction in like two years. So why not, you know, everyone's getting vaccinated, the mask mandate lifted in New York and, and everything and everything's kind of just cruising back to normal. So I made this page and I was kind of just like, yeah, it's like a safe space for people to meet friends or whatever, comment where you're from and, and find new friends. And then I did this picnic and about 160 or 70 people showed up and it was like, everyone was like, this is the best day of my life. And so I was like, people were like, come to this city, come to this city. And so I was like, you know what, screw it. Like, why don't I just take this on the road or whatever. And so every weekend now I'm doing a different city of these no more lonely friends picnic meetups. That is incredible, especially out coming out of a pandemic. I mean, I'm sure that you personally have seen in your life, like the loneliness that comes with being isolated, like physically isolated. Um, And so your response, especially your response to kind of feeling that personal loneliness like that's just amazing what you did with it like that's really cool thank you I appreciate it yeah it's it's a it's a cool concept that I just it it just popped off by itself like I didn't even realize where it was gonna go but it just kind of did it itself which which helped a lot Hmm. I think that's so cool um that you were able to just make something productive of it um and Marissa honestly like realistically the way you chose to respond to a situation that was pretty rough is the reason I asked you to be on this podcast just because I thought it was like the most overtly seven-ish thing you could ever see happen on the internet. And so actually for anyone listening, Marissa and I talked a little bit before um, and got to know each other a little bit. And I just like share with her my thoughts on the Enneagram and, and how it seemed evident in her life. And so we just kind of unpacked that a little bit. Marissa, I'd love to hear what it means for you to be a seven, like how you were able to take this and like reframe it so quickly into something positive instead of like dwelling mm. on the negative. Yeah, so I, um, it's actually funny because I used to live in LA and like everyone there is like, oh my gosh, the Enneagram, the Enneagram, the Enneagram, you know, and I have uh, my two really close friends. Um, they are uh, husband and wife and they're just really into Enneagram stuff. And I, uh, I, they would always send me it and like, you know, oh, read about this or read about this or whatever. And I didn't really, at the time, I felt like I was going through a lot that I, I would take the, you know, quote unquote, short test or, you know, whatever, take a test or whatever, you know, and it, I don't know if I answered fully truthful to myself or not or whatever. And I would get, you know, three wing four or four wing three or whatever that is and stuff like that. And, and I didn't really, I read into it a lot, but I just was like, oh, whatever. I don't know if it's like fully correct or whatever. Cause it's all those internet tests that you just, you don't know yet. You know, you don't really understand unless you read into it fully. And I just kind of went from there to the point that I just read into the other types. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm a three wing four, like a four, three or anything like that. And then when I came on and talked to you, Jack, that 
you were like, oh, you're a seven. And I was like, what? I was like, where, hold on. Wait, I gotta look, I gotta <laughs> look into this or something. And it was the enthusiast, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, just the name itself kind of sounds more like me. And I was like, that I feel like makes more sense. And I was like, okay, I feel like uh, some internet test won't really tell me. And I have to kind of tell myself based off of like how I feel, you know? So that was kind of read into that. And I was like, yeah, this, this makes a little more sense, I guess. What do you think was the, the, can you identify a few things that kind of clicked into place about the seven? Like as like after talking with Jack that you were reading into it? Yeah. So I actually pulled up the, the thing that I read about it on the website and it was um, saying, you know, it's they're extroverted, optimistic and spontaneous. Um, and they can also misapply their many talents, blah, 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 being overextended and I and scattered. And I have I have really bad ADHD. And me and Jack talked about that actually before. And I was saying, like, I get so overwhelmed with like, oh, my God, I get really excited about multiple things at once or whatever that I that I try to like spread myself around and then I get really hyper fixated in one thing and then keep on going back and forth back and forth or whatever you know and I I get really really optimistic about things I'm not really like one of those people I guess now more than ever that um you know before I felt like I was very like in a weird place in my life but now I know who I am a lot and I I um am very optimistic about a lot of things and very um, very spontaneous. Like I will book a flight tomorrow to freaking Ireland and be like, whatever, I'll figure it out when I get there. Like, and it's, and it's a hundred percent one of those things that I'm like, okay, like definitely, um, definitely high, high up on the spontaneity, 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 spontaneity. Spontaneity. You got spontaneity. it. Spontaneity. spontaneity. Oh, cool. cool, cool. <laughs> okay. So, and, um, and uh, yeah, the key motivations of a seven uh, is like, uh, they don't, they want to maintain freedom. And that's like my number one goal in life is to never have a nine to five. I always want to make my own schedule. I want people to just do what they want and not be ever like stuck in a job that they hate or, you know, um, just, just keep my happiness up because I get to do the things that I love instead of um, be stuck in a corporate nine to five or some, something crazy. You know what I mean? Keeping myself occupied with something exciting. Yeah. Wow. I am like nodding my head vigorously. I'm also a seven and I feel all of that very intensely. Um, and I guess when I was like, like even listening to videos, um, where you're talking or just like hearing your story, a question I had as a fellow seven for you was like, what was that like kind of having a responsibility to the internet in a weird way like suddenly having like all of these people know who you are and all of these people being like hey be my friend like for me I would be like that'd be amazing until it would be like not amazing (laughs) and so I guess my question for you is like how do you balance how do you deal with that balance of wow this is amazing and I have like such a beautiful platform to promote uh friendship but at the same time like I can't be everyone's friends uh, and you know I still want my freedom to be able to go to these, do whatever I want kind of, kind of deal. But yeah. What, what was that like for you? Yeah. So when I first, um, got started, I was, I was severely overwhelmed because I felt like, um, I have the responsibility of like a gatekeeper of this friendship stuff. Like I was like, everyone's reaching out to me being like, I can only have you and like of you making me meet friends. Like, and I was like, you can meet friends on your own. Like I'm, like, but people take it 
in a sense of like, I need to go to this picnic to meet friends and I can only go to your picnic to meet friends. You know what I mean? And I, and I, that's why I kind of, I'm trying to start um, like a, like a chat for people that like didn't get to go to the picnics, but they met the people from the picnic so that they could do it while I'm out of town or like while I'm not there anymore because I only go to their city once or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, people were, you know, reaching out to me, like, I can only make friends through you. Like, oh, I can't wait for you to come to my city because I can only meet friends through your picnic or, you know what I mean? So it was um, very overwhelming and very also in a sense of um, I was receiving very sad messages. I was, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of people, um, that was a, that was a really hard, hard thing for me in the beginning because I didn't really understand how to take it and, and stuff. And I didn't know, like, how do I respond or do I respond or, or if I do respond, how are they going to take it? If I say something just slightly out of context or something, mm. you know what I mean? So I made sure that if I do respond in a sense of, um, in a sense of, of whatever message they gave me, that it was a first of all, positivity is like number one key. And second of all, uh, it was like a, Hey, you know, like this, is, here's some advice. If I can't help you, or if I'm not in your city soon, here's some advice or, or, or take out what you can from this. And I hope that I am able to come to your city, but if not, like, here's some, some tips and tricks, like on how I got out of this funk or how I dealt with this or off the internet of TikTok, like what people didn't see that I went through from this, you know, and and a big, big thing that people don't realize is like, yes, I'm doing all these meetups and stuff like that. But like, I can still feel really alone, like, you know, and I, mm. and I, especially with, with me going to these meetups, a num- one thing of the, a big thing I'm trying to work on right now is going to these meetups and realizing that like, I won't always come out with people that are like, you know, close or whatever for me yeah. and other people will. But if I go home and I feel very alone or something, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm helping all these people meet people, but I'm mm-hmm. not meeting people or something that people just like know me from the TikTok stuff or like know me from these picnics and stuff that I need to kind of separate myself in a sense of mm-hmm. making sure I'm not like going home like, oh, wow, I'm really lonely. So that's really important that you're like able to gauge that. So I commend you for that. Um mm-hmm. I guess I was going to ask you just like thinking about the default for seven as a, as a positive outlook type, this, the, the general tendency for sevens to avoid negativity and try and like um, distract from it or run away from it. How do you feel like, like, yeah, obviously there's a lot of wonderful positive things that you were able to make from a situation where your friends were basically saying they didn't want you, but how did you like, have you had the chance to really like sit with the disappointment of that or the sadness of it? And like, if so, what was that like for you? If not, like, do you think that's something that you deem necessary or not necessary? I'm just curious about all of it. Um, I think that it was, it helped because I, I went through a period of time in my life that um, uh, a, a big thing and like, this is like so funny that I keep on referencing this because it's like whatever, but that my ADHD, a big, um, a big thing that comes with ADHD is is that people don't realize is that you always are questioning like, oh my God, do these people like me? Do they hate me? Like, are my friends like, hate? do they hate me? Like, oh my gosh. And it was always that like self-doubt of, of, you could go home from, they could invite you on a trip and then you could go home and be like, they just invited me out of pity. Like it's all my, oh my God, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And so I think I've always had that like self-doubt in, in friends or whatever of myself uh, my whole life. But um, recently I've gotten a lot better with it. But then I come to the context of, this specific situation I never thought that but then I I knew 
So they've said some very mean things to me before this whole thing happened. And so I kind of had that, okay, I'm going to self, like take myself out of the situation and stop kind of hanging out with them anyway. And then this whole thing happened and it was kind of like my like self jump out. Like it was my ticket out. It was my, oh, cool. I don't have to talk about this anymore. Like I don't have to like realize, you know, and it was, it was nice because, um, I kind of went from there and took it as like a sign of like, that was good, great, good for me. Like it was good anyway. So it wasn't like, it was like an out of the blue, like punch the face, like straight knockout. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. slowly getting black eyes here and there. And then it was like a full knockout at the end, like, but it was me knocking them out instead. Like it was like a cool walk off. And so I was able to kind of take that into a situation of, it made me feel better because I was like, oh, that I was able to get out. But I feel like in any other situation, if it was just, I never saw it coming out of left field, I would have been really just like, wow, I wonder how many of my other friends quote unquote talk behind my back or something, you know what I mean? That I didn't know or, or, or yeah, don't like me or something. So it was sad clearly because you, it just always sucks hating, you know, being able to be confirmed that these people didn't really like you or, or talk bad about you or something. But since I was able to kind of see it coming and it was like a build up, I guess, like it was nicer, quote unquote, quote unquote, nicer, um, that I was able to kind of get out at the end. Mm. So. Yeah. I have a, I have a kind of a follow-up question to that, I guess. Um, you came out of a situation where even though like objectively you were the one hurt in the situation, um, the way that you're talking about it, it was like, I came out of it victorious in a lot of ways. And I think probably objectively you did, but in in the end you were still hurt by those friends um and you used it as a platform to kind of help other people as kind of a a helper role right but did you have people who were trying to like offer you care did you have people who were who were attempting to um I guess help you rather than ask for your help because I I hear you saying like oh like people reaching out like be my friend but were people being like hey like are you okay and how did was that hard to receive were you like oh no I'm great and I'm gonna help you and you know I think that I am one of those people that doesn't like pity acceptance like I guess I'm I really hate that like Um, I got sick a few years ago and I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want people to be like, oh my God, can I do anything for you? Like, can I do anything for you? You know, and I, and I just didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my friends, like nothing. And I told like three close friends and that was it. And I was like, if this gets out, I know it's you, you know what I mean? So um, I just, when I, when, when this whole thing happened and people were like reaching out, like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. Like, I'll be your friend. It was kind of one of those things I just took it. I was like, oh, like. I hate that I almost like come across like in and when people see me on the street or something they're like you're Marissa and they're like "Ooh, so sorry about your friends and I'm like freaking heck like okay <laughs> I have other friends though like and, and what people took out of this situation was that they thought that they were my only friends you know so I was like I have other friends that are amazing like they're great awesome friends but like just happened that these friends like just dipped off you know but it it, it, it kind of took that so I I think it was one of those um situations that I I kind of, instead of making this about me, I turned it on other people. Like, let me help you help, like get this out of my system of, of other people trying to help me or whatever. And I just kind of 
turned it into the no more lonely friend stuff so that I didn't almost have to deal with the pity because I don't know how to respond of of and I hate pity is such a strong harsh word because but I, I can't think of anything else like in a sense of you know pity like a synonym for pity but like it is more of a sense that I just felt like oh these people think I'm just so sad friendless that they like mm. want to be my friend only for that but it's I know that's not true because like people are just like oh my gosh you look cool like whatever we're hey let's be friends I don't have friends or, or whatever they want um to think and I just took that and I kind of just like pushed it off to the side because I don't I don't I don't enjoy it so I'm like I don't want this to be about me let's let's push it off anyway and and move on like kind of thing instead so if that mm. makes sense I guess <laughs> yeah it just makes sense um so I guess my question as well is like what's your hope moving forward not just for like like beyond the general sense of like I want people to be connected um which of course like that's a wonderful desire but also just like for yourself and like the next chapter moving forward like like do you feel like there's a degree of pressure you have with all this attention or is it something that like feels freeing to you I'm just curious about like the next foreseeable weeks or months for you and what you want to see happen through no more lonely friends no more lonely friends or, or, yeah, or anything through anything in general yeah. um I think that I think that what I want to take out of it is a sense of um like just I don't I don't kind of piggybacking off of the last thing I said I don't really want this to be about me in a sense of like oh like she's doing this for cloud or money or whatever and like the, the main thing about my picnics yesterday that this girl actually like got up and was like just letting everyone know like she self-funds these picnics and like this is out of her pocket like she travels by herself like blah 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 so I see uh in a sense of this this girl was just like like do you do like what are you doing this for why are you doing this like what is your what is your point like what are you trying to gain from this and I'm like that's my thing I'm not trying to gain anything it's more of a sense of I just I love the concept I've never really seen someone do it and I also have a very diverse group of people that it is hard to make friends or you know if they're if they're out of 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 options I guess into meeting other people that they they want to take away from this that they'll be like yeah I I got to meet these friends through this picnic meetup that I would have never been able to go through go go to by myself or uh, organize myself or something and I I sympathize with that a lot and um I kind of want to uh my mind's rambling on other things right now so I'm like trying to gather my thoughts oh um but I I kind of just wanted to take out of it in a sense of I get to go to these cities that I've either been to or not been to before and meet a ton of people that I would have never been able to before, like ever. And I, I mean, I, I got to DC, I've never been to DC before. And I, I'm staying with my friend in DC and I went to his friend's birthday party and there was like 50 people or something at that birthday party. I walked in and they all knew who I was. And I was like, what? Like, it was cool that I was able to um, kind of just, gather that into a, a city I've never never been to before and then I go to these picnics and these people are neighbors next door neighbors and they've never met before and they happen to meet at my picnic and now they're like we literally live next door to each other and we never knew and now I have a freaking best friend next door like and I'm like it's just so cool to hear like their sisters were best friends and they didn't even know each other I, I mean it was random stories like that that I was like that's insane that y'all live across the street from each other or maybe 10 minutes away from each other and you already have a mutual connection, but you would have never met 
in your lifetime if you didn't come to this picnic or something, you know? And that's the, the random stories that I just, I'm like, oh my God, this is why I do this because I, I just appreciate it so much. And I get to like come back and, and hit up these people if I ever come to the city again and, and be like, hey, you want to hang out? And I wouldn't be able to do that before. You know, I didn't know anyone or whatever. I think that that's a, what a lot of people, like before I even knew I was a seven and I thought about sevens, I had this idea that they're like, it's very selfish and very like self-indulgent in a different kind of way. And I think what I'm realizing more and more about sevens is that oftentimes sevens don't really like to be the center of attention. Even some, some sevens do, but like, I think there's an enjoyment in just the excitement of something happening, but we don't want to be at the middle of it because we want to be able to leave at any moment. But there's like this joy in like, there are options and there's excitement and there's variety and like all of these fun things and I get to see it happen. And so in that way, it's very self-indulgent, but it's also like kind of at a, at a arm's length at the same time, you know, like you're really excited that those people are neighbors that doesn't really apply to you long-term, but that's just very exciting. And I would get the same way. I would be like, so thrilled, you know, they're like, Oh, those people are friends. Like, that's so cool. But it's, it, it's a different kind of self-indulgence than a lot of people think, I think. Yeah. And I also like, it's funny that you said like the, from afar, you kind of get to look at it and leave at any time. And it's funny because at my picnics, you know, I am the first one there, last one to leave, like kind of thing. And, um, and it's kind of one of those things. That I, I think it's funny because when people leave, I'm like, I'm like, it's not like I ever want to like, just get up and leave the picnics, but I'm just like, wow, it's kind of, it's kind of nice that these people just get up, get up, get up and leave at any time, you know, because I just stay the whole time. And, and I loved it. I love to say the whole time. Don't get me wrong. It's just one of those things that um, I love to just kind of like, oh, here, everyone's gathered here. Okay, cool. I did my, I did my work. I did. I love, love this. Okay. Like I'll talk to a few people. Like, but right. you know, at the end of the picnics, I'm like just in my zone, like very quiet because I'm like, okay, I did my, I did my thing. Like, let me just let everyone else flourish and spread their wings and like keep going. Yeah. Like, it's so this just, joy I, of starting stuff, but not necessarily always following through on them or like staying till yeah, the end. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. let me throw out this idea and this thing and this fun picnic and like, yeah. yay. Yeah, 100%. That's literally exactly how I feel. Yeah. How long are the picnics usually? So the last two, the first one went um, from like 2 p.m. to like 9.30 p.m. And then the one yesterday went from noon to 8 p.m. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So yeah, no, they're picnics. very long and the people stay the whole time. Like, and at right. the end, there's still a large group of people and I'm like, Hey, it's either getting dark or the park's closing and I gotta go. Like, so yeah, yesterday, like the first, the first picnic was in central park and it was, uh, the park closes at dusk, like the, the area and stuff. And so it was like nine something. I was like, yeah, we should probably go. <laughs> and then the one yesterday, I was very, very drained, but also I was just like, yeah, it's just time. The sun's going down. Like, it's just time to go. Like, sure, let's, let's, yeah. But then everyone's just like, oh, okay, cool. And then everyone like takes their photos or whatever, hangs out. And then they're like, okay, exchanging whatever. And then they, they're like, all right, cool. Like, let's go. Mm. My next question for you, Marissa, is uh, a little while back in this conversation, you mentioned like kind of an ebb and flow of health, unhealth, of like just going through harder times. Um, do you like know much about the one and the five of like, gr- like growth and stress and um, 
what ways do you feel like what patterns come out when you feel stressed or, or like tired or just in less great places versus um, when you feel like you're most yourself? I don't know about the one in the five um, thing. I uh, would love to hear about it. I, uh, one of my things when I get stressed or overwhelmed um, with stuff is I, I, one of my biggest things is I, I don't, this sounds so funny, but I, I don't try, I don't, I don't try to get stressed. So my, when I got sick two years ago or whatever, I, a big, big, big thing of it was stress. And, and one of the things that the doctor said was you almost stress yourself to death. And I took that seriously. And I, um, was like, okay, this is my sign to kind of just like start living my life and stop worrying about the weird, weird things that I can't like handle. And so yesterday when you know, my picnic or two on Saturday when my picnic got canceled because of the weather, I was like, panic, panic, panic. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if no one shows up? What if this? And I called my mentor and I was like, what if no one shows up? Cause it's father's day. Like, oh my gosh, you know? And he literally said, stop. If five people show up or 500 people show up, that's five people that didn't know each other. And that's all that matters. That's why you're doing these picnics. And I was literally just like, yeah, okay. Like, that's literally why I'm doing these picnics. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, okay. You know, and ended up being a very nice turnout, but I was just like panic, panic, panic for two seconds. And I didn't know if, you know, that was a, that was going to be a thing, but I was like, otherwise I, I kind of take these situations and I evaluate it at first. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to help this? And if I can't, if I literally cannot do anything to help it, I'm going to just like, okay, as stupid as that sounds, I'm literally just like, yeah, I mean, that's life. And I, if I mess up, I literally just go straight to the source. I'm like, Hey, yeah, I messed up. I, uh, that was my bad, you know? And, and, uh, one of the video guys yesterday was running late and then he had a family emergency that he had to leave and he couldn't video the event. And I was like, he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm never like this. And I was like, listen, man, I hope that your emergency is okay. Like, I really hope it's nothing serious. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 23. Move, like, it's fine. Move on. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not your corporate boss. I'm not going to fire you. Like, you know, I'm not going to trash your name online. Like life happens and like I'll take some videos on my phone like it's cool you know and I saved a few hundred dollars like whatever you know so um I think it's stuff like that that just like everything as cliche as it sounds everything happens for a reason and like I just you can't you can't take things and when I get stressed and overloaded I kind of just like literally lay down on the floor on like hardwood or carpet or whatever not on a bed or anything hardwood and just nothing I just close my eyes put my hands like this across my chest and I just lay there as long as it needs to and if I like start feeling panicked or whatever that's all I do (laughs) that's so funny it's kind of like a meditation I guess but um I just try to I try to not avoid conflict because I'm I'm very fine with conflict and confrontation stuff like that but when I get overwhelmed or stressed or something I try to take myself out of the situation evaluate it and actually like move on and that's something over the past year that I've like really really gotten um good at is that because I was not good at that before well I would love to talk about that if that's okay if you feel comfortable sharing anything personal if not that's totally fine I just wanted to ask about like um I think there's this impression that because sevens are like the most optimistic type and have this reframing mentality constantly that um I think there's this impression that some people have that like sevens are impervious to to any sort of mental health struggle or like they're impervious to sadness or, or anything like that, which 
I don't obviously like no one actually believes that, but I think there's this intrinsic default assumption. I was just wondering, like, are you comfortable sharing anything about your own experience with mental health or mental unhealth rather? I, I guess is my point. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm like a huge mental health advocate. I'm, I'm, I'm like an open book basically. So I'm, I'm game for whatever. Okay. Yeah. I guess I just was curious. Are there like, are there any struggles you've had with like anxiety or depression or anything like that, that might, um, might shed some light for other people who might be sevens as well and have experiences like that, or just like any sort of impression that people might have that you would contradict regarding like the shallowness of sevens? Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, a big thing that sevens do in general and just, um, people with mental health, uh, issues or, um, conflict with that is, um, they try to mask it. And I was the best masker. I know I, was very outgoing. Everyone was like, wow, you're always happy. You're always this, you're always going, you know, going, going, going. And how do you do it? How do you do it? You know? And it was, I constantly surrounded myself with people so that I never had to sit with myself. And that was um, a conversation that I had actually driving to DC um, to get here. It was about a four hour drive. And I had a four hour conversation with my friend um, about that, about masking and what, you know, uh, what I was good at. and, And he was questioning if he was doing it. And Um, a thing that I realized when I was, when I was masking it so hard was that I, the longer I pushed it away, the worse it got clearly. And I, the past few years, um, was in a very, very, very dark, dark place in my life. And I didn't realize how bad it was until the pandemic hit, um, because I was forced to be alone and, I think a lot of people realized their mental health during the pandemic because they were forced to be alone and I couldn't constantly have people around me go to parties or go to hangouts or whatever and mask that in front of people. So I always had to be myself and look at myself in the mirror and wake up by myself and go to bed by myself and, and yada, yada. And, um, and when the pandemic hit, I, that was when I actually reached out for help and um, it got so bad. You know, I, I tried to do the medication route and everything and it got so poor that um, I ended up, you know, calling a suicide hotline at one point. And, and then at, and then when they didn't answer, LOL, um, I was debating on, you know, calling 911 on myself almost. And I actually called a friend instead. And um, that was, that was like a life-saving moment that I never knew I needed. And he didn't really know, you know, and he was, he's been with me through the beginning and the middle and the end. And um but that was a huge thing that I feel um, I didn't, I would never have, obviously the pandemic was really hard for people, but the pandemic saved my life because I would have never been forced to push myself through those times and also would have never reached out for help or, or sat down with myself. And this whole thing would have never happened. So I, I take the mental health route very seriously, clearly, because I know how bad it can get. And I started getting, you know, like panic attacks over stupid things that didn't make any sense and like had no, you know, no reasons or I would think about something and ended up like hyperventilating on the floor because I was just like by myself and couldn't distract myself in other ways. And I tried to find hobbies, but couldn't, you know, it was just like constant alone, alone, alone. And so I took that and I kind of tried to turn around and, and find something that could go along with my, I don't know how to put that, but it, it more of a sense of, I tried to, I tried to medicate at first. It, it worked for a little bit. 
And then I was like, wow, I don't want to be reliant on this to be happy. Or I was seeing changes in myself that I didn't want to. And I needed to get out of that. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, cutting out bad people in my life was the most life-changing um, medicine I could have ever had. And it's not for everyone, obviously. Medication is for some people and, and not for others. But um, yeah, cutting out people that didn't fit the the, the cr- criteria, quote-unquote, of, of just happiness, of positivity, of rooting you on in your life, that was where I, I cut the line. If they didn't support other people, if they didn't support myself and my journey, if I if they were just like not there on the same level of, of life. then I was just like, yeah, I can't, you can't, we can't, we can't do this anymore. Like I'll, I'll meet you in a few years or whatever. Like, and it kind of tried to retrack on, on my positivity, my mind. And also I was very, um, I would always talk poorly about myself and it, it was a humor coping method that I had. And I thought it was so funny. And so this, and I just realized how detrimental that was to partially of my mental health. And that was like a really big deal almost in the whole pity factor coming back to that, it was, I almost said it so that people would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then I realized I hate pity, but then people would give me pity if I said that stuff. And I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. I hate the pity. So I hate when they give it to me and then I hate it more, but then I'm like, wow, I'm talking poorly about myself. And it like all wrapped around in a circle. And it was like a full circle moment of like, oh my God, if I stop talking like this, then people won't give me pity and I won't hate myself. And I won't hate that. And like XYZ and I was like, whoa. And that's when I was like, holy crap, I need to like, get it together and like figure that out. And I kind of isolated myself and kind of like just took time to just be like, okay, what do I need? What do I want? What do I, what can I do for myself that made it not like that and made me not speak like that anymore. And I make sure that if my friends speak like that, I instantly am like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to talk like that today. Like not anymore. Like at least not like, not today. Like let's flip it around. And they're like, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Like, so sorry. Like, you know, and I, I'm not afraid again for confrontation. So if a friend talks like that or something, like I'll be like, Hey, you need to stop talking like this because it's going to affect yourself. They're like, no, no, it's totally jokes. I'm like, it's jokes, but your body, it's not, it's not jokes to your body or to your mental health. Like it's not going to, it's not going to fly. And they're like, Oh, whoa. Like didn't even realize I do that so much. Like, I'm so sorry it affected you or people around me. I think that's really important. So thank you for doing that. Um, and it's also just like, it shows a mark of growth. And so sort of what Malia was alluding to when she mentioned types one and five, um, the Enneagram is full of arrows of movement. And so this idea that like um, every type under severe duress or in strength is connected to two other types uh, on the Enneagram. And I think what you're describing right now is that symbolic movement to five in maturity that um, seven's default is this scattered immaturity that there's there's, there's no true um, concentration. Instead, it's just sort of like, tapas you know what i'm saying like a bite of everything and like not a full meal of any one thing and what you're talking about i think really like the, the being willingness to be alone with yourself and to like limit the distractions that you would rather have but aren't actually going to help you or really going to like do anything for you especially that humor deflection thing i just think it's interesting how like like you don't even know like you don't even know this concept of like movement to five that we were just mentioning but you were just describing it yourself you know that mm-hmm. idea that like you were able to limit all of the humor and all of the like deflection tactics and all the distraction tactics that you had in order to do what you actually needed to do for yourself, um, which I think is impressive. So thank you. Appreciate it. Sure thing. So I have a question. Um, In hearing you talk about friendship and in support and all of those things, um, knowing both that 
friends are invaluable, but also can be distractions from like, or just easily distracting you from actually thinking and, and um, like sitting with yourself. In light of all that, what do you think makes a good friend? Being a good friend and having a good friend, like what, what are the criteria that you were talking about? I think that in the past few years, I've, I've cycled through what I think a good friend is. And um, one of the main things that I think people um, misunderstand about friends is that if you want a good friend that is going to be there for the rest of your life, they're going to call you out. They're going to do things. And, you know, people always, you know, get upset and get up in arms about how today's society is so sensitive and, and yada, yada. And yes, I think that I am going to, this is going to be a controversial topic for some people, but I think that today's society is very, very um, sensitive. And New York, one of the main reasons I love New York is that people don't take your crap in New York. Like they will call you out on the street. They will call you out if they're your friend. They will call you out if you're family, like whatever. And like, that's one thing in LA that you can't do. People will just be like, you're canceled. And I'd be like, dude, like, come on. And like, that was one of the things that I think that I love so much about the, uh, the, the East coast and just like in general of, I have a lot of, um, uh, friends from just different countries and, you know, they're very, um, like very straightforward, like very, very straightforward. My boss is from Germany and she will tell me how it is and she will not put a bandaid over it like at all, you know? And I, and I really appreciate that. And she's like, I'm really glad you have thick skin because no one will, you know, someone would quit if they weren't you, you know? And I'm like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, um, take it obviously with a grain of salt and I'm not like overstepping my boundary. That's like a huge thing that people need to realize is like, there's a boundary clearly as well that, you know, you, sometimes you just don't have a say in things, but there's other things that, you know, uh, I was that, that phone call that I had with my friend of, he was saying like, am I masking this? Am I not like, how do you see it? And I'm like, I start by prefacing, I'm seeing this from an outsider's perspective. So I don't know what you do alone. I don't know what you do with other friends. I don't know how you act with other friends sometimes, but in my perspective, um, this is how I feel. And I feel like you have to be very obviously cautious with what you say, but a big thing is like, Hey, I've noticed this. And like, how do you feel about that? Or like, what do you think about that? And, and they'll be like, Oh, I never noticed. I did that. Like, you know, and I think, um, a big thing is like talking about weight with people or like the way that they eat, or, you know, you got to be cautious. Cause a lot of people will come to me or say something like, oh my God, you don't eat anything. Or like, oh, you only eat this or, oh my God, you eat a lot. Or like, you know, and, and that could be a very triggering topic to somebody in a sense of like, maybe they have an eating disorder. Maybe they have a, a anorexia, binge eating, or they have a struggle with eating or, or they have some, some medical condition you don't know about. And, and um, so that's like some topics that I, you know, people can't, you know, kind of push on, I guess, and like, you know, whatever, but it's also the sense of, of then there's the other topics that if people talk so poorly about themselves all the time, I'll be like, Hey, like I've noticed you talk like this. Like, I just want to let you know, like it affects other people around you in the sense of, of how you're doing this. And it affects me. And they'll be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even notice. And it affects you. Like, how does it affect you? And then I'll be like, it affects me in this way. And I'd be like, I don't know if anyone else is affected this way, but this is just me. And I was just kind of pushing that, putting that out there so that you have a feeler for for the next time it comes up or something. And I think that um, that's a number one thing of, of uh, if you see someone being self-destructive um, or, or isolating themselves. And uh, I am a huge you know, mental health person. So if I see someone isolating themselves or having a really hard time, all you have to do 
text call, be like, hey, um, I'm not going to push it on you. I just want to put that out there that I'm here for you. And I, I don't want you to ever feel like you have to say yes to things or no to things or whatever, but I'm out. You, you call me, I'll be there like whatever. But, but um, a big thing that I've learned uh, with mental health stuff is that um, sometimes people don't want to talk about it, but they want someone to just sit there with them. And a big, huge, amazing, like love language that I've realized I had is, is one of my friends will be like, do you want to talk about it? Or do you just want me to sit with you or like be with you? And I'm like, yeah. And then I start crying. I'm like, oh, but like, I'm just like, all I want is silence, but I just want to know that someone's there with me and I'm not alone in that silence. And, um, I think that's a really great thing is just like making sure someone's in the capacity to talk, um, being there for somebody. And that doesn't mean like you have to be on call 24 seven for somebody, but it's more of a sense of like, Hey, like I'm here for you. If you need me, like, let me know, you know, call me up, whatever, if you're across the country, whatever. Um, and another, another big thing about friendship that I, I really enjoy is just, um, uh, independence in knowing that they have other friends and other lives. Um, a lot of realization of people, if you have a best friend or closest friend or a boyfriend or whatever, um, me and my ex would always talk about our friendship comes first. And at the end of the night, like I'll be going home with him, but he won't see his friends every day of the week, but he can see me any time of the week. So like, if I, you know, he has a guy's night or something like that. Um, uh, I'd be like, you go, you go there. Like, because you, that, that guy's night comes every once a month or two months or whatever, but I'll be here next Friday. Like whatever. Sure. And that was how me and me and my ex did really well. And we're actually still really great friends to this day. And, um, and it, that's how we're friends to say, because our friendship came first. And that was, that was how, um, everything worked out. And, um, and I just, uh, really like people don't realize like they have other friends, they have other family, they have other best friends. Like, and that's just kind of something that people have to get over is like life moves really fast and you kind of have to roll with the punches of how it comes and goes and people move, people leave, people come. And, um, if you're there for somebody, like three of my closest friends are literally all over the country and we keep in contact every day, every other day, once a month, once every three months. But it's like, right. When you pick back up, you're never going to be like, I can't believe you didn't call me last week or last month or whatever. You just have to be like, Hey, like, so sorry. I've been so busy, but like, you're still my best friend, you know, like whatever, let's catch up for an hour and move on, you know? But yeah, you just can't hold that grudge of, of having people know that they have a life or maybe they've gone through something really hard that you don't know. And, and you just have to be like, Hey, cool. Thanks for like reaching out now because that's all the time you have for. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Like whatever. I think that goes along like with this concept that I've been meditating a lot on recently, which is this idea that, like when people basically like when you are in a, a friendship and, and there's like potential for disappointment or whatever, um, I just saw this video where this girl was describing like how her new mantra is just to not take anything personally, because like, you don't know what's going on in other people's lives. And that like, that that's really important. You need to give people space to like, just live their lives. And like, to be honest, like to be completely honest, that's something I really struggle with is like, I tend to take things personally, even when I shouldn't. And just like, even this week alone, there are like a couple people that I love that I was thinking about. And then there's like this temptation to be upset with them or feel like, Oh, I like I'm neglected X, Y, Z, whatever it is. But the reality is like, they're just living their lives and I'm living my life too, you know? And it's like, it's not like I reach out every single day. So it's like, why can't I have grace and, and patience and space for them to just like, so I don't know. That's just like what I'm learning about good friendship that like, sometimes it's just like letting things just be instead of like trying to force something or getting upset when it doesn't happen the way you expect it to happen. Yeah. Um, 
I love, love, love that you said the whole don't take it personally thing. I am such a huge advocate for that. If you take something personally or if you're, I don't believe, I don't believe in getting offended in a sense, another controversial topic. Um, I don't believe in necessarily getting offended by things um, because it's either if you're getting offended by things like you're getting, um, like it's either wrong. Like, so you could just be like, yeah, that's incorrect information. So like, I'm offended because like, yeah, so that's a, a correct way to be offended, I guess. But then also, um, or it's, it's a lie. So like, um, you know, if, 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 if someone gets offended or takes something personally, it's like either has nothing to do with you or you just like, are like, okay, let's move on. Like, and I, I was at uh, my friend's house the other day and he was like, he posted this really embarrassing picture of me. And he was like, he was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe you posted this photo. And he's like, oh my God, are you embarrassed? I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'll take it down. And I was like, honestly, no, like, I don't get really embarrassed like that stuff. I'm like, it was a photo of me. It was kind of funny. Like I was like literally double chinning it. Like I was like jumping into the water and I was like, <sighs> and I literally like, it was the funniest thing, but I was like, one of those things that I just was like, I'm not embarrassed because like, whatever it's me. It happened. I don't care if someone is an ugly photo on the internet, like who cares? Um, and a lot of people obviously don't take it like that, but I love, um, just kind of like, I'd love to see you and try to embarrass me kind of thing. Like, uh, cause I, I just love, like, I don't know. I think it's funny. I think friends are friends and, and stupid stuff happens in life. And if that photo is the most embarrassing thing, like that's on the, like, whatever, like moving on, you know, but I, I love, um, don't taking it personally as, um, a mantra almost, because if you don't think, take things personally, then you'll never be offended and you'll never be offended that someone didn't invite you somewhere in a sense of like, uh, if it was like, you know, in, in bad faith, then, you know, it's in bad faith and you know that they're not great friends for you and everything and you move on. But, you know, uh, that's why I didn't get offended by this situation with the TikTok stuff, because I was like, I knew in some sense that they were not the best friends for me. And so I wasn't offended that they didn't invite me. I was offended that they didn't confront me and say like, Hey, we're not, we shouldn't, you know, we're not on the same page in life, like whatever, we should just move on. I was, that was how I was quote unquote offended was because they didn't confront me. And I'd rather them just do that and be like, Hey, I'd rather not like, like, I, I don't know. We just don't really click that much. Well, like, move on, whatever, you know? And so I just, I just kind of take it with a grain of grain of salt every day and just, and just see where, you know, life takes me. I think there are sometimes where, um, personal preferences, become a idea of right and wrong like your personal preferences are either correct or they're incorrect but the reality is like people have preferences and that's just a part of who they are and that's just the authenticity of the world but yeah I think that when you like give someone your offense you're giving them way more weight than you would if you weren't offended and of course it's not so easy to just be like oh you know um but I think going back to something you said like oh, a long time ago um, that it was helpful when your mentor like took you aside and he was like, hey, if five people show up, if 500 people show up, there's this minutia of getting caught in stuff, I think with the seventh neurosis. And for me, it's really helpful when people just take me back and they're like, hey, let's think about big picture. How is this really going to affect you? Like big picture, how much? is this going to ruin your life or make it the best ever? Um, and when you realize that it doesn't really hold that much weight, you're able to handle everything in so much strides. And so with being offended or not being offended, like if someone, you know, gets into your lane in the, in, when you're driving or something and 
maybe you don't know that they're rushing to work and they're going to get fired if they don't get there on time. You know, when you realize that it's, they didn't do that maliciously and, and you take, you give everyone a little more grace than maybe they deserve. Um, I think we'll all be a, a little better humans in the end. I think that's so funny that you said that too. Cause I literally, every time someone tries to merge in front of me, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And people are like honking at me and all this stuff. I'm like, literally they're either going to be in front of you or behind you. Like it's one car, whatever. It's like 10 seconds out of your life. Like let them in on the freeway. Like, what are you going to do? And sometimes like, you know, they're being tragic drivers, but like, it's like, dude, either you're going to get a car accident because of it, or you're just gonna let them in and move on like uh, whatever. And you'll forget about it literally five seconds later and you'll be moving. Like, it's just like traffic is traffic, whatever you got to accept it and move on. But yeah, people like stuff like that. It's just the simplest, stupidest things that people take so personally or, or, or anything like that. And I just, I'm like, yeah, I would rather not waste my whole entire mental capacity on this one thing and then just take it and move on with my life and whatever. Well, and honestly, like even like what Malia was saying, like to be offended really is to give someone power over you. It's basically like saying like, I give you permission to affect my feelings, whether or not you even know that you're affecting my feelings. Yeah. Like I give you permission, permission to like hurt me. Really, that's what it is. You know, like yeah. no one can really hurt you unless you're giving them permission to hurt you. Exactly. Was that toxic to me to say? No, that was beautiful. That was beautiful the way that you put it. I hope it's not toxic because I agree. I agree with that. It's literally just realizing that people have like uh, this higher up of you. If you're giving the power to embarrass you, then you're going to be embarrassed. But if you're like, oh my God, that photo is so funny. They're like, oh, you're not mad at, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. You know, stuff like, stuff like that. I just like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I I fully agree. And it goes back to grade school where it's like, someone pokes on you and you fight back, they keep poking. If you, if someone pokes at you and you turn the other cheek, like they're going to be like, Oh, that was boring. I'm not going to do that. again. I mean, people can do things maliciously, but at the end of the day, you take offense. You're not given offense. You know, you take offense. Um, and so what if we don't take it, you know, preach. All right. Marissa, thank you for being here. Seriously. You were so glad. Yeah. Very thought provoking conversation. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope you kept your attention. Yeah. And you were amazing. Like, I love all of the things you were saying. And just you talk with such fervor and such passion. And it's really cool to hear. Um, So keep keep talking all over the world and and providing space for friendship. It's it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate you guys so much. And I. I, um, I just, I, yeah, I love this types of conversations, especially just like get into flow, flow is nice, you know, and it just like, it's so, it's so, um, it's just such a, such a good topic. And I, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. It was really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well folks, thanks for listening. Um, say a big thank you to our, our new special guest, our new friend, our unlowly friend Marissa Mize thank you so much Marissa for being here thank um, you and if you guys want to find us on Instagram at notmytypeenneagram you can do that you can also find Marissa Mize at Marissa Mize on Instagram and no more lonely friends um, and then you can also find us on any sort of listening platform uh, anywhere on the internet basically just just search us up not my type um, and we'll see you soon bye guys